Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How good to be with you. I pray you had a good weekend and that you'll have a wonderful week ahead. And as the world goes crazier, um, I personally feel more grateful by the day to be Catholic and to have the faith and to know the truth. And no matter what people take from us, they can never, ever take our faith. No one can take that. No one can disturb it. No one. If we're forbidden to go to Mass, we have our Lord. We have our Lord. We can make spiritual communions. There are there are saints, many people, um, who were without the Eucharist for years. I took a uh, three-week mission trip to Russia, Far East Russia, Vladivostok, years ago, and um uh, just after, not long after the wall came down and uh, uh, they began to open churches again, all the crosses had been torn from the churches, uh, everything had been destroyed, and they began to go. And I saw women in their 80s climbing hills to get to the church. They walked for miles and not a single complaint. They were so grateful. And while we were there, we went to um, uh, many areas in an area called Primorsky. I think it's two, three times the size of Texas. And um, five times, not, let's see, not five times, but they, for that entire area, rather, they had five priests. For the area, two to three times the size of Texas, there were five priests. And the priest used to travel by train, by car, uh, by plane, if, if at every so often, uh, just to get to the people. And the people knew that they would see their priest once a month. Once a month, if he was able to get to them. Once a month. And the time that I went on a trip with a, a Russian translator, uh, it was just me and the translator, because the priest couldn't make it. He had to be elsewhere. And so they got me, which means uh, they had uh, some messages. I gave them a talk, and the translator translated, um, but no Eucharist, no Eucharist, uh, no communion. And they lived that way. And you know what? Those were people who were completely grateful for every single thing they had. If they had our blessed Lord in the Eucharist once a month, that was gold to them. And and again, as I said, many times the priest could not even get there once a month. And so I remember when we went, uh, they prepared everything they had in their homes and made lunch and did all that. And um, But we ate very, very little, very, very little, and just said we were we were not very hungry because we knew that everything they had was on their table. We knew if we opened the closets, they'd be empty. And so we wanted to leave them the food they had without letting them know, without uh, insulting them. It, it, and just grateful. 
they didn't, the hardship they went through, they would gladly go through it for their children and their children's children. So we are in a position of not knowing what it is to be without the Eucharist, just experiencing the Eucharist being taken away from us. And again, now, um, very, very few bishops and priests will allow us to receive the Eucharist on the tongue. And we, we just, we're in agony for that. Um, because we don't want to desecrate our Lord. It's very, very rough for us now because we're used to so much. We're used to such religious freedom, uh, to going, what, what church do you go to? You know, rather than having to walk 10 miles to the only Catholic church you can get to, um, we have tons and tons of churches around us and they're mostly empty, but they're there. Maybe they have a dozen people on a Sunday. That's terrible. We deserve to have them taken from us. Now I know I'm going to get complaints on that one. I'm not saying we should have them taken from them. I'm just saying that the chastisement that's upon us is largely the fault of Catholics for not living the faith. I believe it. I do believe that. Not all Catholics, but um, the majority. I would say a, a larger number than not. Um, so many people have said that when the churches are open and they're opening, they don't plan to go back to Mass because they've gotten used to sleeping in on Sunday and they've gotten used to watching Mass on TV. It's not doesn't equal Mass. They don't have communion, but they just kind of got out of the habit because the faith wasn't there. And it's times of uh, trouble, times of persecution, which we're in, just uh, to, to whatever measure it is, um, that our faith is shown us. Circumstances don't cause us um, to lose faith. They reveal the faith we have. They reveal the faith we have. So, But so many are suffering. So many are suffering. And so what is the answer? We don't know what's coming up. Um, do I think things are going to get better? I actually think they're going to get a lot worse. I'm not a prophet, so I'm not uh, coming out with this on my own. I think they're going to get a lot worse. Um, And I think we're going to have to examine our lives and see whose side we're on, if we're on the Lord's side. Um, Nobody can stay home and say, well, I'm Catholic, but I'm not going to go back to church. We're fine as we are. If you can go to church and you don't, you're not Catholic. Who are you to tell me that? I'm, I'm telling you that. We are required to go to church on Sunday. If we cannot, if we're forbidden, that's another matter. And you say, but the bishops have dispensed us. Well, the bishops, according to um, some officials in the church, high canon lawyers, say that the bishops have no right or power to dispense Sunday Mass. Not at all. Because it's a divine law, not a human law. And they cannot do that. No one can do that. They can forgive someone not going to Sunday Mass for grave reasons. And, of course, the church being closed is a grave reason. They can forgive, but they cannot dispense a divine law. And so we're in very confusing times as well. And I think we need to grab hold of our faith as if it's the only thing we'll have left, because it may be. It may be the only thing we have left. And if it's the only thing we have left, it's the greatest treasure in the world. 
What is the end of man? To know and love and serve God. Be happy with him in this world and, and in the next. Serve him in this world. Be happy with him in the next. Forever and ever and ever. It's the only true treasure we have. And I believe that the only solution, the only direction for us to go in, not for everything to be okay again, I don't think it's going to be okay again, um, but for us to preserve our faith and our souls is the restoration of the family. It is the family that our Lord instituted to build his kingdom. And it is the destruction of the family that the enemy has targeted, and he's doing a good job. Um, And the only way back, I believe, the only way for salvation for us, for our children, for those we love, is to get back to the family. Whatever that means, means a lot of things for some people whose children have left the faith and all of that. I'll have some suggestions for you. But it's the only way, the only good thing we can do. But we must do it. We can't just hide. We have to restore the family and restore the faith. Beloved, that's the music for our break. And we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts after the second break. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. Or watch the Mother Miriam live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching the Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. If you've been listening to what I was saying before the break, that the only hope we have, I believe, is the restoration of the family, even if you go underground, even if you cannot go to church. The restoration of the family is God's design, the only instrument to build his kingdom, nothing else. It's the number one, many of the things we can do, but the number one instrument, and so therefore, um, the destruction of the family is the enemy's target, and he's at it 24-7. And then the commercial from the message from LifeSite News came on and said, uh, uh, Our Lady of Fatima prediction, predicted that the final battle will be against marriage and the family. That was good timing. And, you know, as long as, as I... Um, uh, am, uh, we're on LifeSite News at the moment, I'd like to urge you all to go to LifeSiteNews.com and uh, or there might be a, a a link below the live stream you can click on um, and donate to them now right away this week. They are um, having their fund drive, and um, uh, you know that the Station of the Cross has fund drives too, and we want to support both because without the Station of the Cross and Live Site News, I wouldn't be coming to you. Many uh, much wouldn't be coming to you. And so I am so grateful for them. And and there are two apostolates we can completely trust, utterly, utterly, utterly trust um, in these very, um, um, I, I'll just say, confusing times uh, where people are saying all kinds of things. And we say, I don't, that doesn't sound right. Well, if you hear it on LifeSite News or the Station of the Cross, it'll be right. And so um, right now, LifeSite News is having their fun drive, and I think they're short, um, at least a couple of hundred thousand. I don't know. I looked at their website the other day. So I want to urge you all to go to LifeSiteNews.com. Um, they are uh, the number one uh, pro-life family uh, Catholic uh, news site in the world, I can say that in the world, I utterly, utterly trust them. They're that my number one source of news. And we, 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 all of us need to keep them going, need to keep them going. They're doing during the time of coronavirus, um, where travel's very difficult. They still have their people all over the world and they, they have not failed, uh, once to produce daily, um, newscasts. Uh, podcasts. You can go on their site. They have a Catholic edition. They have a worldwide edition. They have a local edition. Um, I think they're very, very worthy of our support. So um, uh, I urge you to do that. LifeSiteNews.com. I'd like to read um, it, it's just some excerpts from a um, a message by Father John Harden, who is, uh, I believe, now a servant of God, um, on his way to canonization, and um, and it has to do with uh, the title is "Our Catholic Families Heroic," and they are. You it, you can't do what we're suggesting. You cannot um, 
what's the word, uh, draw away from the world and restore your family, no matter its condition. You cannot do that and be in the world. You can be in the world and not of it. But you, the, the restoration of the family is going to take all you have, beloved, all you have to do that, even in Catholic families that appear to be intact. I say appear because I've been with many families and outside they're beautiful, their children are behaved, they're wonderful. And then I've been in their homes and, and witnessed such disrespect from the children and such fear on the part of the parents to, um, to parent. They've given up parenting. It's as if their children are their peers and they're afraid of them. It, they're so, in Catholic homes and, and uh, difficulty between uh, husbands and wives on whether we should watch TV, how to dress, all of that. So I, I really would love to be part of uh, assisting in this. But to begin with, just today, I want to read these excerpts from Father Hardin's talk um, it was given a National Marian Year Symposium, um, and it was given in 1988. Now listen to what I'm going to read. In 1988, this is 2020, so that would have been 32 years ago. No, 2020, 20, 32 years ago, yes. Can you, now listen, you'd think it was written yesterday. It is common knowledge, Father Hardin says, that something drastic has happened to the family in the modern world. Countries like the United States reveal such a breakdown of marriage as Western civilization has not known in 2,000 years. Again, this is 32 years ago. There are many reasons for this rebellion against the family and revolution against marital stability. But one of the main reasons has been the demonic zeal of Marxism. Beloved, 32 years ago, and we're right in the middle of it now. That is what everyone running for president, except our president, except our current president, is spouting Marxism. They may not call it that, but that's just what it is. Amazing. Marxism has penetrated by now every country in the world. We return for the moment to the few quotations, um, well, he made at the beginning of the talk about women's liberation, which entered the modern world from communism. You cannot read one book by Nikolai Lenin without seeing proof of what I have said, Father Hardin said. Radical feminism with its hatred of men and its enslavement of women under the guise of liberating them from home and family has its roots in Marxist Leninism. As I learned years ago, he said, every basic idea of women's liberation that is destroying family life can be found in the writings of Lenin. In many cases, Radical feminism has borrowed the exact words of the evil genius who, along with Karl Marx, created world communism. Family life can only be restored in countries like ours, only by Catholic families living up to the teachings of Christ and his church. That's our only hope, beloved. It's our only hope. This means two things. First, Ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. Did you hear that? 
ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. This is written 32 years ago, and now in 2020, I absolutely second that. If you're an ordinary Catholic family, you cannot survive. You say, well, now what are you saying, Mother Miriam? We are Catholic. We do go to church. We're not going to stop going to Mass. We do go to church. We do, uh, we, we do live a Catholic life. What do you mean? You won't survive. That's what Father Hardin is saying. He says they must be extraordinary families. There's no one, beloved, who can live an ordinary life in this world with the evil upon us. We get used to evil like frogs in warm water. There is no one who can live an ordinary life and survive in this world. No one. You have to be an extraordinary person and family. Extraordinary efforts. They must be what I do not hesitate to call heroic Catholic families, Father Hardin says. Ordinary Catholic families are no match for the devil as he uses the media of communication to secularize and desacralize modern society. Hold on, I just lost my... uh... Uh, Is everything okay, Paco? Okay, okay, that's good. I, I just closed my computer for some reason. We're okay, though. The only Catholic families that will remain, no, he says, no less than ordinary individual Catholics can survive. Um, So ordinary Catholic families cannot survive. Individuals um, might be able to survive, but the family will not. They have no choice. They must either be holy, which means sanctified, or they will disappear. Beloved, they're disappearing under our nose from the little persecution we've already had. Very little. Very gentle. You say, Mother, you call closing of churches and withholding the sacraments little? I do. We still have priests who are saying Mass for us. We still have churches opening. We still have many times we can receive the sacraments. Yes, it's very gentle upon us right now. Um, The only Catholic families that will remain alive and thriving by the year, listen to this, 2000. Now we're in 2020. The only Catholic families that will remain alive and thriving by the year 2000 are the families of martyrs. Father, mother, and children must be willing to die for their God-given convictions. Now, if your family doesn't fit, you might be in trouble. But to truly have a family that God has designed, not just stay together by the skin of your teeth. I hate that statement. I shouldn't say it, the skin of the teeth. Teeth have no skin. That's the point. Um, uh, are those that are heroic, those that will be holy, those that are willing to die for their faith. Back in the second century, the fathers of the church scoffed at her persecutors who were trying to crush Christianity by fire and sword. The persecutors were told that the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians. What the world most needs today is families of martyrs who will reproduce themselves in spirit in spite of the diabolical hatred against family life by the enemies of Christ and his church in our day. Second, family life can be restored in our society only by the apostolic zeal of holy Catholic families. 
reaching out to other families who are in such desperate need today. I think we're going to have to hone in our efforts. And all the hundreds of missions and all of that, they're good. But we need to work on restoring the family because soon all those missions, all the freedom we have might be gone. It might be. And um, we need to work on restoring the family. And if you know that there's a family in trouble and you're a family intact, see if you can help that family in trouble. Invite them over to your home so that they could see beauty and peace and Catholicity. Invite them to dinner and they could they could be in the presence of good, holy Catholic family and conversation to encourage them, to inspire them. Pope John Paul calls this the apostolate of families to families. The apostolate of families to families. Okay, there's the music, beloved, for our second break. And um, when we come back, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves, and I'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. Uh, call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. I say call in with anything on your heart, but it needs to be a question, just because we have to limit our, our scope. So call in with any question you have, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Excuse me, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And we'll take your emails, your calls, your texts. I always do the best I can to answer you. I don't always have all the answers, but we'll give it a good try. Or we can always um, uh, refer you to people who do have the answers. Um, uh, We have a text from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, What do you think about microchipping in humans? Is that the mark of the beast? I don't know if it's the mark of the beast. It could be. I think the scriptures speak. Do they speak about your right hand and forehead? I'm not sure. But um, I do not suggest getting microchipped. I do not suggest it. We will refuse that. Uh, We here will refuse any microchipping. We will refuse any so-called coronavirus vaccination. We will refuse anything the government is out to do anything. We may have to go underground to do it, but we will refuse it. Um, so it, it could be, uh, it could be the mark of the beast. Uh, I don't know that it has to be microchipping anymore. They're saying that the vaccine that they want to give to 7 billion people to everyone in the entire world has within it the, that stays under your skin uh, the ability to uh, have all the data on you itself. So I don't know that microchipping is, it might be old fashioned by now. I don't know, but they are planning to do something, including that vaccination. That's going to give them all the data on you. They need. That's what I've been hearing. Now I'm spreading rumors, but I'm spreading them because I think we need to be aware and alive and attuned and checking these things out that we don't fall victim to any scheme. Um, I had somebody at our door a couple of days ago um, and uh, with a paper and a pad, young man, um, had a mask on. And he didn't ring our bell. He was just kind of out on our porch and walking around and and writing something. And so I was on the phone and I took my phone to the door and I opened it and I said, can I help you? And he said, oh, I'm here just doing a survey on coronavirus. I have some questions to ask you. I don't know what they were, but um, it it could have been um, uh, an evangelization effort from a Protestant church. I don't know. But I said, hold on, I'll be right with you, because I wanted to see what he was about. And I finished the call and hung up and went to the door, and he was gone. So I don't know, but I'm not trusting anything these days. I'm not walking around paranoid. But I think we need to be aware of these things. And so um, uh, I'd stay away from microchipping, and I would stay away from whatever vaccine they offer or uh, require you to have. Uh, It was in the news uh, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna shock some of most of you maybe. Um, um, now, if my mind goes blank, then God doesn't want me to tell it to you. Um, I can't. I I just had it clear, um, and it went. 
blank, um, that when they have this virus together and they want every single one to take it, so far they won't force you to take it. But if you don't take it, this is what I heard on a newscast, they will not let you leave your home. They will assign someone to you to get food or do whatever you need. You will not be able to leave your home without the virus. Another message was um, there will be no travel unless someone has the vaccine. Uh, You will not be able to go overseas for sure. And I think that'll soon be get on a plane at all. It, it's coming upon us very, I don't. I can't say these things are um, 100% so. Uh, they're more than rumors. Um, I just think we need to wake up and be aware and prepare. And again, I'm going to go back time and again. It is the family. Your marriage, uh, if you're the only two in the house and your children are out, you need to get your your lives together and love one another. And honor God. If your children are away from the family, away from the church, do everything you can to reach out to them and get them back and help them, uh, help them uh, back to church. Everything you can. There's many things you can do, many things you can do, but that's the focus right now to restore the family and everyone in it. We have an email from Chad. And Chad says, good morning, Mother. I have seen family vloggers who get sponsored by multiple companies frequently. My concern about that is whether or not the children are getting spoiled or not. I often watch family vloggers just out of curiosity, and I go into watching these individuals with a good amount of skepticism. If families tend to profit high by entertainment or a family business, how can these families not spoil their children? With what Jeff and Aaron wrote about last week with a YouTube family adoption scandal, oh dear, I don't know about that, I fear for the other family vloggers or rich families who may be subject to scandal too. Thank you for your thoughts and God bless you. I tell you, beloved, I... um, I, this is new to me. Vlogging is new to me. I had to ask Paco what it was. Um, And I didn't know they get money from advertisers and all of that. I would say, stop it all, quit it all. Because um, you're not building character into your children. You're building a worldly view into them. And there's no humility in, in, in vlogging. There's absolutely no humility in vlogging. There are not the Catholic virtues. Now, God may call somebody to vlog. Um, it'd be very unusual that it would be a family. But if you do, you, should ex- you shouldn't accept any money at all from sponsors or advertisers. If you want to spread the Catholic faith, and you can do it in a way that's truly Catholic and honorable to God, God has used media today in many ways. I'm not against it. But there should be no money involved. There should be no sales involved, no commercial involved. Everyone in the family should be dressed completely modestly. I mean that. No low-cut tops, nothing sleeveless, everything uh, appropriate and modest. Um, 
with a message, not just loose talk, but a true message that the family has prepared to give and that the parents, children are not to speak unless the parents ask them on a vlog and in public. And so the children are not to freely speak. This is not Catholic. This is not modest. This is not what God uh, wants. They need to speak to their parents, not to the public. The The father can speak to the public, but the mother and the children need to speak to the father, even if it's on the vlog. We need to go back to the family and to respect. I'm going to get a lot of controversy on this. I know it. I know it. But they are not to speak unless spoken to. Unless they say, Papa, I have a question. Well, what about this situation? And they ask very, very respectfully, including the wife. The man is the head of the family, and he needs to lead that. Otherwise, it's a picture of a family that is broken and has no values, no character, no respect. They may have some, but it's a very poor model to give to the world. We have a text from someone who says, um, Hello, Mother. My name is Helen. I have a question, but first I'd like to say I love your show, and you and your sisters are in my prayers. Thank you, Helen. My question is this. I was wondering if there's a way for a lay person like myself, who has not been married, with a 27-year-old son who has special needs, to take a vow to Jesus like a marriage vow, not in the extreme of being a nun, but you continue to be a lay person, but married to Jesus in a marriage vow. Is that possible, Mother? And if so, how do you go about that? God bless you, Mother, and your sisters. Helen, I don't know of anything like it, and I'm I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to doubt it right now that that is possible for you um, as a single mom with a son with special needs. I, I, I shouldn't, I won't doubt it too strongly. It might be. It might be possible. I don't know that. Um, you know, there are, there are women who later in life want to become a consecrated virgin and um, I think it was Cardinal Burke who spoke to that and said, uh, if you're a mother, you're not a virgin and you can't become that. Uh, you can take other, prom- make other promises and perhaps other vows, but um, you can't reverse what has already been done. So I'm not saying in your case it couldn't happen. I would have to go further, speak to a canon lawyer, find out about your situation. However... Helen, um, there are third orders, tertiaries of religious orders where you do make promises as a sort of a vow, but not under pain of sin, like a religious would, because you're in the world. We're not in the world. Um, and so you don't have the uh, same uh, strictness uh, and absoluteness that we would have. But um We've begun, you might know this, the, uh, Mary's Oblates, the Benedictine Oblates of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. An oblate, uh, to make an oblation, is to make a sacrifice. When you become an oblate, your life becomes an oblation. You are fully given to God. Now, 
if you become an oblate, and you're, uh, we have families that have become oblates, husbands and wives and children, they're going through the program together. And as a family, they're offering their lives to God and living a more holy life, intentional life of discipleship, of holiness, of prayer. It's a wonderful thing. And we've just begun that. And um, we, begun, we began it for so many people that really want, Helen, like you, to live fully for God, to live a holy life, but to have accountability, to know what to do, to have a program of formation uh, so that you can grow in that holiness and there are steps to take. So I will tell you now that the newsletter that I've been talking about for months that never went in the mail and that's at our printer should be in the mail by the end of this week. It has our regular newsletter in it, as we put out three, four times a year. But it also has the Mary's Oblates newsletter. Now, this is going to be our fourth newsletter. However, it's so uh, extensive that we made it newsletter four through six because it's really three newsletters in one. And we have all the definition of what an oblate is, and we have the statutes of Benedictine oblates in there, and the process of becoming an oblate, from being a candidate to being a novice to making a final um, uh, vow or final promise and getting your religious name. Uh, so it's it's really very beautiful, and it's in our current newsletter. Now, I haven't heard yet. Um, it'll be at our mailing house the end of this week, and it, 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 I'm hoping it'll be out the end of this week. I'm really hoping so. Um, and it's going to go out to everyone on our mailing list. You can go to our website, uh, www.motherofisraelshope.org, click on Newsletters, and you can put in your newsletter. You can put in your uh, name and address. You can get it by email or regular mail or both. Your choice. And if you do it now in the next couple of days, you'll get in in time for the newsletter. And it, it's, it might be something, Helen, you'd like to take a look at because you will give your life as an oblation to our Lord. You will be on a process of growth and holiness and finally making promises uh, to be an oblate, uh, have your life as an oblation to him uh, for the rest of your life. So um, take a look at that. And you, if you are more drawn to Franciscan spirituality or Carmelite spirituality rather than Benedictine, contact those orders. They all have third orders. Okay, there's the music. Beloved, we'll be back right after the break. Call in with anything on your heart, one 511 5483 LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com.
weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. Mother Miriam is a Catholic nun on a mission to bring Jesus and a message of hope to a world that has lost its way. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, and I am thrilled to welcome you to Mother Miriam Live. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam Live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcasts. God bless you. Listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. Or watch the Mother Miriam live video stream on Facebook and YouTube by searching The Station of the Cross. That's Mother Miriam live each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on The Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. We have a good 10 minutes, and um, you are still welcome. Our phone lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. does not need to be our subject. needs to be your subject. And the toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or um, email at mother at com. We have an email from Jean who asks, what is the significance of the imprimatur in books? Um, the word imprimatur, it's a declaration. It means let it be printed. That's what it means, let it be printed. So it's an approval from an ecclesiastical authority, usually a bishop, to say that this uh, this book containing scripture, the theology of the church, whatever it is, is okay to be printed. It's approved. It's pretty much a declaration it's it's it has the church's approval that's what it is and 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 needs to come from a bishop we have an email from lisa and lisa writes good afternoon mother miriam i hope that you are doing well i am lisa thank you i am writing to you in need of some spiritual advice currently i'm renting a room with common area privileges and cooking i did that in my earlier years rented a room with uh uh, privileges for cooking and and such in the house and she says i've been renting here for 4 months the owner of the home is my roommate aha uh-huh. day 3 the owner of the home is my roommate day 3 upon moving in I don't know what that means. The owner of a home is your roommate. If you're renting a room, I'm, I'm guessing you have your own private room. Um, if you're renting the house together, I don't know. Let me go on. Day three, upon moving in, I realized the living situation would be challenging. My roommate, which is the owner of the home, is a Pentecostal pastor. She, oh dear, (laughs) the story's getting worse, Pentecostal pastor, she runs an outreach program for homeless people. Good for her. She also has been giving to me, has been giving to me by giving me a few ShopRite 
gift cards that were donated to her ministry. Now I will give you the negative side. She leaves dishes in the sink, piled high, for days. She does not clean up after herself in the kitchen and leaves the counters dirty. She does not wash her hands after using the bathroom or after anything. And this has been happening before COVID-19 and still does not wash her hands. The bathroom is left dirty as well. I am a Catholic young woman who has been impacted by COVID-19 financially. I also have an autoimmune disease. I'm very clean and I clean up after myself. I have confronted her about cleaning up after herself, washing her hands, and it has turned into arguments. I now have resorted to washing my dishes in my half bathroom and stopped cleaning the kitchen after her. I have gotten sick three times living here because of her, the germs of her not washing her hands. I have anxiety about having to use her shower and cook because of it being dirty. Every morning I have to sanitize the doorknobs and all handles and shower. Because I have confronted her on these real concerns, it has created conflict uh, with us. No doubt about that. Um, She doesn't like to be told what to do and refuses to clean up after herself. She sees no wrong in it. Also, she has a camera in the living room and keeps it on even when she and I are at home. I've caught her in a few lies, and she is now taunting me because I will not have conversations with her and listen to her talk. I have no trust in her, and this is a woman who runs a ministry that has cursed at me and put me down. I am now in a position that I will have to move by June 30th. Good. You shouldn't even live there till June 30th. You should have moved long ago. I am not in any means, by any means perfect, but I do my best to serve the Lord. I do not believe in repaying evil for evil. It is very challenging for me to live here and realize she won't change. My question to you, should I inform her church when I leave this rental home that she mistreated me while living together? She does not abide by COVID-19 standards and is putting us all at risk. Thank you for taking the time to read my letter fondly, Lisa. Lisa, don't inform anybody. Don't speak to her. Don't criticize her. Don't correct her. Don't talk to her church. Leave there as soon as you can. You should have left a long time ago. Talking to her is not going to help anything. Um, You're renting a room. I don't know why you call uh, her your roommate if you're renting a room from her. Even if she's a friend, renting a room is renting a room. It's not having a roommate. So um, uh, if you, the two of you were dividing expenses for the house and you were roommates in that sense, housemates, that'd be different. But I don't know how you're her roommate. In any case, um, uh, I think um, the the Christian thing to do is to apologize to her before you leave. You're saying, you got to be kidding. I'm supposed to apologize to her. You are. You came into the house of a life, of someone who's giving her life for God, reaching out to the poor and the homeless, doing all that. She's doing great. She's dysfunctional. The way she lives is dysfunctional. It doesn't make her not a Christian. It doesn't make her incapable of reaching out to others. It probably makes her more capable of reaching out to others. So, 
I would, before you leave, and now, between now and June 30th, I would apologize to her and say, I'm so sorry. This is your house. I came into your house. You've been kind enough to give me coupons, to give me gifts, and to rent this room for me. And I'm sure it's quite a low rent. And all I've done is correct you and try to correct you and criticize you because I'm so uncomfortable about the way you do things or don't do things. And I have no right. This is your home. And I apologize to you. And I uh, uh, bless God for his work in your life and your love for him and wish you the best. And I am sorry for the stress I've caused you. That's what I would do, Lisa. You can't go, you can't go into someone's home and change them. You cannot. You cannot. Someone very dear to me who uh, lives on her own is quite dysfunctional, but all she does is give her life for God and reach out to her church in every sort of outreach to the abandoned homeless. But if you go into her house, there's hardly a place to walk. You can write on any table because it's so thick with dust. You cannot sit anywhere because it's full of cat hair. And she called me one day with great news. She was so excited. She washed her dishes. It was the first time in a month. And she had a clean sink. And she was ecstatic. And she called me to tell me. And I congratulated her. There are people like that in this world. And they're wounded. And they're dysfunctional. And we cannot criticize them or come upon them for what they do wrong or what they don't do right. We need to accept them as they are the way God accepts us. And if we can't handle it and we cannot work out a way uh, to do it, um, for example, you could say, you know, this is your form of living. God bless you for what you do in the world and for people. But it's a little difficult for me. Would you mind if I washed the dishes? Would you mind if I chipped in a little more and kept things clean, even cleaned up after both of us? Would you mind that? And if she might say no, you'll go. That would be great. And then you do it without complaining and with a heart of love and service. And if it's not what you want to do, then you need to leave and find another place to live. Okay, so God bless you, all of you, and um, we'll speak with you to love one another, beloved, and heal the family. You will only heal the family by love, not by criticism, accepting them as they are for who they are, and then they'll want to change. We'll speak to you tomorrow. God bless you. Thank you.